Hello everyone. My name is Saliha Wazirzada. I'm a filmmaker on a spiritual journey. In these podcasts, I will be talking to people from various industries, backgrounds, and experiences. And together with you, we will dig deeper into their spiritual connection with their own being or with their own soul. We'll be sharing stories of people from various backgrounds by plunging deeper into their soul connection and get them up close and personal so they can feel comfortable to share their inner stories. Furthermore, the idea is to have a soul reconnection space where people can understand the common thread binding all humanity for we are spiritual beings first. Welcome to the 23rd episode of the Untold Story Told. Today we're joined in by Shugufta Alam. Shugufta Alam is a registered psychologist, a behavior support practitioner, and she has mentored many international students when they come to Australia. She has helped them through their struggles, through their pain, and she has helped them become a better version of themselves. She has helped them achieve their dreams and achieve their goals through the struggles she faced in her own life and this is how she leads her life. She believes in helping others and today we'll get to know her a bit up close and personal. So sit back and relax and join us today to hear from Shugufta Alam. Hello Shukufta, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. How are you, Saleha? Thank you for asking Shukufta. It's so good to speak to somebody in Australia because I'm always speaking to people all over the world. So thank you for being here. Ah, uh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I wanted to be here. <laughs> It's been a while since I was trying to get you on the show as well but you've been very good at pursuing that so I'm really grateful to you because I think the listeners and the viewers would do really good by watching and listening to what you have to say today with us so Shukufta could we just start with you just telling a little bit about yourself who you are and what you do Okay so this is a small question but it's got really ஒருவர்ல்ட் <laughs> I am the eldest sister to my siblings who are very close to my heart mm. and I'm a wife being married since last century so what <laughs> <laughs> I think um, the thing that I yeah and the next aspect would be that I'm a mentor to many of the young people who come to Australia and who who struggle as we all did but they sort of on the verge of giving up they are for some reason they might like a few of them are overseas qualified psychologists 
for finding it hard to get registered in Australia because Australia has got its own system. Mm -hmm. And I also mentor people who are who are very capable, but they can't find they can't seem to find jobs. Mm. And there are a number of reasons. Some of us think, oh, I have got nothing to put on my resume. Mm. So I ask them, okay, but are you a mom? Oh, yeah, I'm a mom of three. So yeah. can't you multitask? Can't you time manage? So you know how we all have different things, but we just undervalue ourselves. Yeah. So this is what I enjoy doing the most. Mm. So yes. these students, how, how do they come to you? Like, how do you approach uh, them? <laughs> So Salia, I think Facebook, and you know how word of mouth, like I am, I am pretty old now, so my kids, friends and people who, who have seen me growing, they would say, okay, oh, I, I saw her doing the exams, I don't know what she did, why don't you go and ask her? A few of my friends are doctors, so they would, they, you know, they would for a concert and they would say, oh yeah, I know this person, they did well. Just word of mouth and, and the thing is that I do offer like voluntary services myself as well. I would bring people. I have seen so many girls posting posts on Facebook that they are um, overseas qualified psychologists and they don't know what to do. So honestly, I would call, I would contact them on Messenger and I would tell them, contact me, call me because I know they have got a brightest future. I don't know how to how to go about it. Like there is a regulatory body where as psychologists we need to get registered. But I have seen so many girls, they don't even know the name of the process they need to go through. Because you know Saleha what happens when they come to Australia, they go through migration agents. I think that's what they're called, migration lawyers. So what they tell them is something is only for the visa purposes. People have to spend money to get their degrees authorized for the visa purposes and they think that's enough. Hmm. When they don't um, hear anything back from those organizations, they think that's all they could do. They could just get points to come into the country, but they can't pursue their careers or continue their studies as psychologists. Like I would give an example of psychology because that's what I'm more familiar with. But there are many people like who have done degrees in social work, who have done degrees in marketing. There are so many people who want to do PhD in Sydney, in Australia. Yeah. And um, honestly, getting into PhD is not as difficult as our children think. Yeah. Like there are so many, and since COVID borders, yeah. so many people can come into complete the PhD projects people have already got. They have got that funding there. But they have, they have got no one to come into the PhD because our kids—they are so like they are so capable and they are so hardworking that they can smash PhD easily. But they don't know how to approach the researchers, how to approach the academia. Because um, you might have an idea, Salah. Back in Pakistan, people are very humble, very laid back. We find it hard to go and introduce ourselves to someone. Okay, I'm looking for work. We don't do this, you know. Yeah. But I am very open-minded. I have knocked doors. I have done every stone that I could to get them. So this is something I want to, you know, encourage people to ask questions. Mm. Because you know, when you think, oh, you know, like I can say this if I can say this, oh, you know how people would think. Yeah. But I tell them, who is people? Yeah, come on. Yeah. 
mm. the perception of others like living through the perception of and the eyes of and the judgments of others that, that that's right and like that's what happens through to young people they come and they start doing odd jobs and they start feeling depressed and anxious they can't go back because they had this big dreams when they came to australia mm. and they can't really tell the real story to uh, people back home because they have got hopes mm. so but if they find a mentor who can tell them okay you know it's interesting people don't know little things you know how you put your profile on linkedin people think you have to have a big like a very impressive profile yeah. mm. Mm. these are the little things i think even just having a, a conversation with someone okay what did you do back pakistan oh i did my mba oh that's interesting like what was your project how can you go about it so my family is sick of me doing that type of stuff but that's my age you can say yes whenever you deal with other human beings especially you know these students it does take a lot of your energy and it's the kind of energy i think with you you feel it's like a flow which comes naturally to you so it's effortless it might zap you uh, in the middle of the night you're like i'm really tired but it's the good tired it's like i served my purpose today right it's so rewarding and you then you know like just last night i was giving some girl a reference to get into a job and she was like oh if i get this job i will call you for daawat i will call you for dinner and i said this is not what i want i would be really happy if you know you could step out of your house to start earning money because sala you can understand when you come like we all need money at every step yeah yeah we all and it's not only money money brings confidence it gets you out of that ब्लूटेड systems and the government but the truth is the real abundance and even you must have noticed during this covid time with your students and everything is being happy within being joyful in the moment being grateful with what you have rather than what you will have one day right and that day never comes sala that day honestly never comes because once like when you want to buy your first house okay i would be happy if i buy a house oh as soon as you buy your first house, oh it's too small i want to get a bigger house mm-hmm. oh I, you know it, that day never comes but i i really like your idea if you're happy in the moment that's where you really flourish and i think that's what we all need to cherish because any moment is not going to come back mm-hmm. yeah that's it that's it because i'm um, living in the moment is the best we can do rather than procrastinating about the future or living in the past because that's also a form of gratitude you're saying i recognize what i have in the moment i can smell it i can breathe it i can touch it i can feel it and i can sense it rather than dwelling over the not has or what could have right that's and there is always something little that's missing Hmm. there would always be something and as you age like you you spread your wings so there would always be something with missing you can't be with your parents your family having the best holiday ever no that is not how it might it should be like we would all love to be if it if it's way that way but no, it doesn't often happen hmm. 
So Shugupta, tell me, how was there something that you actually saw and you perceived that shook you or like changed your perception? Was there like something that happened, like a moment where you saw some students struggling or your own struggle that made you feel like I need to be there for others because I feel I didn't have that support or somebody I knew didn't have that support. Did you have that moment that... So it happened with me, myself. So um, I, when I came to Australia, we were living on the Central Coast. And as you, you know, the Central Coast, the best, like it's a very small, sort of very cozy, homey town. There is not much, um, there is not much outside interaction, if you can say. Not like when we came 12 years ago, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. 12 years ago, Central Coast was like a very, like a countryside, beautiful place with beaches and not much of, uh, you know, neighbors, things happening, like people, yeah, talking to you, yeah. That's right. So, when I first came to Australia, I thought, okay, what am I going to do here? Because I came and I thought, oh, this looks, this seems like a very, you know, flourishing country. Everything, one seems to be busy. And what I did when I first came, it's, it's an interesting story. Uh, I started working in a kebab shop. Okay. Because I was bored sitting home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kids would go to school and what would I do? Back Pakistan, I had a small business, so I was always used to be busy. Yeah. So it was a small kebab shop in one of the shopping centers because we came to Australia exactly this time of the year, towards the end. And the shopping centers were full because it wasn't COVID. <laughs> yeah. So it was a Turkish kebab shop and I just got the job there and I, I, I worked really hard. I'm a hardworking person. But then I thought like, am I always going to be working in a kebab shop? Right. So what I did, I um, got myself enrolled in a TAFE course, in a nursing TAFE course, because that was the only option available. Because you know how end of the year enrollments get closed, like everything is shut. So it was the only course available and it was a community course. So anyways, I enrolled in the course, I started doing the course, I was halfway through the course and I got a job in a nursing home. Because, as you know, on Central Coast, there aren't much, you know, there is not much industry happening. Mm-hmm. But it has a lot of, lot of nursing homes. So I got a job in a nursing home. I started working there. And it's, I thought, oh, I like my job, but doesn't seem like I can do it for a long time. What were you doing in the nursing home? What was your... Uh, it was a job, uh, the title was called AIN, Assistant in Nursing. It's a very laborious job. So basically you are looking after the old people. Mm. I like, and I thought, no, this is not what I really want to do because my parents were getting old and every time I would see an old person or a person with dementia, it would sort of, it would negatively impact me. Yeah. So then, okay, now on the other hand, I always wanted to go to university. Uh, I did my graduation from Pakistan, but I did it from a college because in Pakistan, no, you don't have to go to uni. You yeah. can do it. So I always wanted to go to college, and I thought I always wanted to go to university. So I thought, oh, okay, like I don't have to pay for studying. Like I can pay it later. I can pay for setbacks. So, and it was the same year my eldest daughter was doing her HSC. <laughs> 
she was exploring uni ideas and i thought oh god if she can get into uni i should go as well you know it yeah. was a learning opportunity and because it's a new country i need to really learn how things work for my kids yeah. so we both were in uni and we both started uni the same year and that's when i my psychology degree started but suddenly what happened while i was studying psychology it's a very tough thing like i had to study stats honestly i but that but that's what i was told when i joined university i was very much into psychology and was like you have to do stats you have to know your your mathematics and i was like okay maths go far away from me how was the same i used to I used to cry and I would like have the worst nightmares that I'm going to fail the course and I'm never going to make it mm. but I come from a very hard working and supportive family so everyone was like yeah you can do it just push through just push through yes anyways while I was studying I used to think like how come there isn't any jobs for me you know mm. I'm thinking here you need there must be something but there was no one to tell me you know mm. that tens of jobs that i could have done but i continued doing my nursing home job mm. then i did honors then we i finished my honors we moved to sydney mm. as soon as we moved to sydney as I, i logged into indeed and seek and there was like oh my god tens and thousands of jobs that i can do yeah. because you know sydney is a different world there are different industries there is and that's when i decided that if if ever i you know if i ever complete my education i would be helping students to find something rewarding that they can do during their study nobody was there to help me i used to ask people but you know there wasn't much available i would ask my main professors they suggested volunteering which i did mm. i did a lot of volunteering for lifeline for mm. different many organizations but the thing is that i was a mom i needed money you know yes yes it's important yeah. see that's the thing you, you need to you need to make that important for you so that you can blend in the both so how did it go for you so and this is what i but if someone calls me today i think oh my god she's sitting home the girls are working you know like uber jobs like whatever they can do but they can do better than that because that can lead to their professional achievement that they really came to australia for mm. so this is this this was my my sort of intention behind and i used to think oh, i'm going to make a facebook page and i'm <laughs> like make it a thing because honestly sala you won't realize there are so many young kids and just hold their hands to make you know maybe to refine their resume mm. or maybe you know just polish their basic skills mm. you know when in, in pakistan we call our teachers uh, or madam or yes. little things even these little things how you dress up even if you are wearing hijab some people don't apply for jobs because oh, they think they wear hijab so they can't find a job mm. Mm. but oh, there is no there is no limits if you are desperate if you are hard working if you are open I think nothing can get nothing can stop you from flourishing. This That's is a beautiful story. It's a lovely story because it's so important to put out there 
this this the struggles that we go through and how we overcome them especially for these students that you are working with it's so important for them to learn from you that what you have been through and that you've come out of it and that if someone was there for you to hold your hand what they, what advice could they give to you so you're doing that for them and it's wonderful that you are doing like this paid back right they say paid back to to society it's like you're saying thank you god universe whatever for bringing me where i am today but now i want to pay it forward by my through my learning experience tell someone how i overcame all of that so it was all very useful even those really dire moments where you were like oh my god oh my god what's going to happen serve is serving a purpose today exactly even you know how some kids can't do good in hsc and they just don't mom's are right oh, he's not as bright i don't think he can make it to uni that's okay there are other pathways going to uni honestly there are so many pathways to like i know most about psychology to get registered as a psychologist mm-hmm. and not everybody needs to be psychologist you know if, even if you if you, okay if you if you don't know what to do there are avenues to study Australia mm. is such a beautiful country. It's so, I think, enriched with resources that there are so many ways. Pathways, yeah. There are so many pathways. There are so many avenues. There are so many organizations. Yes. I think time's the limit if you want to work. If you want to do it. Definitely, definitely, and I can relate to it in many ways too. And I, I would say, like with these students. uh even though i came with my family i yeah. came at the age of 18 so for me everything back at home was like that was it i had only just started building my little you know friendship in the college and i thought i was the coolest kid on the block i'd only just got ah. to that level of self esteem and then when i came it went zoop because nobody knew me and i started putting on weight i started getting zits and what not so i have a long story too but i can completely understand that if there's somebody out there who tells you i've been through it i've gone through it but you can come out of it if you only focus on the fact that you are gifted that you are amazing that you are enough like this is the way you are you are powerful the way you are right this is what you tell your students isn't it that's exactly what it is saleha because like i know one special i am honestly when i came to australia i had three kids who i was responsible for my husband came later because he had to apply for visa mm-hmm. and i was mature honestly i never knew how to put like how to turn on a computer when i went to university day it's mm-hmm. it's an interesting story i used to see all the girls in the class with their printed notes and i would think like how do they get these notes and i used to think that since they have gone to school there may be a system that leads from school to uni and there is a system and it took me like good i think 3 or 4 months and i was i went to your library for something one day and i saw a girl next to me printing her notes and i said to her and i asked her like how does this happen how do you get this information where are you printing these notes from and she goes oh it's on the blackboard and i go oh what is blackboard <laughs> because at university of newcastle the platform is called blackboard and i said what is blackboard and she goes how can you do and she looked at me like i don't blame her but it's hard for her to believe that someone does not know what blackboard is and like god bless her she is the like she is the beautiful person i know 
she told me how you log in, how you get a, you know how you have a, your student number, yes. you log to the computer and you go and access the blackboard. And then she goes, oh, do you know what's your student email? And I said, oh my God, <laughs> how can I have an email? I, I have never had an email, you know? And she goes, no, no, we all have an email. It's it's associated with our student number. Mm-hmm. So she showed me how we get into the email, how we access yeah. And I was like, oh my God, it, like, it's a whole uh, perception, change in perception, isn't it? Like, I can tell you one thing is this, just one thing out of the hundreds that I, I, I experienced, even though I was 18, like I wasn't that, like I, I would, I mean, my, a lot of my ideas was were embedded in the way I grew up in Pakistan. So, um, also depends on the kind of schools you go to and yeah. the kind of people you meet, right? So exposure was very limited. Yeah. There are a lot of people in Pakistan who have more exposure, so they had more yeah. ahead of the way we were when we newly came. But the way we grew up, I think you and I, uh, the first idea that when you were told to write an assignment and that you were told to question the actual authors and the scientists or the whoever wrote important uh, information oh, about cool. a certain theory, you had to question that theory and say, what is my view on that theory? And I was like, how can you question somebody like Einstein? Or how can you question somebody? How can you question them? You know, that that idea of like how you cannot do that disrespectful thing. No. So it was amazing, mind opening. Uh, I remember that like I had the first essay given to me as in psychology, you would imagine there are 10,000 essays that we need to do. The first essay, I didn't know what to write. Like I wrote an essay, like you know how you write an essay on a rainy day in Pakistan? Yes. <laughs> I remember that completely. <laughs> well, and the course was repeated through years and years. The same books were published. I wrote the same things. <laughs> I know. So I showed that essay to one of my uh, like girls from our community. And she goes, uh, Bajju, but you haven't referenced anything. And I go, what is referencing? Like what, what is it? And she goes, we ha- we follow APA and you have to reference and, and plagiarism. <laughs> I go to the wrong thing. <laughs> I really died. I thought, oh my God, like, and she goes, you mean, where is this information coming from that you have written? I said, from my head. I have just written it from my head. <laughs> she goes, no, no, Baji, you don't do this. What you need to do, you need to read an article and then you need to paraphrase it and then you need to put in like you need to give the evidence and then you need to make the list and I got oh my god how am I going to do that and that's when my daughters helped me poor things like they used to tell me how to add a new page to the word document how to submit it through turn it in like my daughters honestly they helped me with every bit like when I was writing my thesis I honestly like wrote that I could not have done it without, of course, my husband. But you know, like how my kids supported me. Even if I didn't know how to double space the thing, how to add an image, how to insert a bookmark, oh, everything was a biggie. I still remember. I used to ask them, how do these kids have page numbers on their assignments? Yes. Yes, little things, isn't it? And it's so amazing how uh, when we get asked when you come from a, uh, from Pakistan to Australia, let's say for us, because that's a similarity for us, uh, they ask you what kind of a culture shock you have. In the beginning, we're like, what 
is culture shock because we have proper buildings we have proper schooling systems we have everything and i mean in that time i felt even in technology pakistan was far ahead from australia exactly. because the kind of mobile phones they had there they were not even introduced yeah. to the market over here so i was like what is this culture shock but the culture shock is these little things for people like you and i uh exposure to different kind of ways in the universities pathways that you that that whole i i think is beliefs such as if you do this you will fail if you do this you will yeah. succeed there's just two avenues or the only way to learn is by reading and writing and then later on you realize you can be a visual learner you can just be a audio learner like there doesn't have or you don't and the idea in the school here you don't really fail right so like for us every class when in pakistan we were every class was this mission that you are not going to fail and for some people it was getting the first three positions so it's um, especially that's a shock <laughs> all my siblings are doctors so like and i was the one who never studied i wanted to get married had my family and everything and when i came here i was like oh my god like this is a different this is a different world i cannot compare this to pakistan in any ways like i was on a school visit yesterday and they had a spanish class and in that spanish class they were dancing and it was a special school but even those kids like they were dancing it it was so much fun that i didn't realize when the school bell rang that's it i said so, like I, i you know in pakistan you can never dance on a on a for the classroom Yeah. Unless it's a failure or some some sort of function, yeah. even then, you know. Things have changed a lot. So what you and I are talking about is the time period that we experienced during the '90s, especially, and those were the times we were going. Our you know our political system in Pakistan was also going through changes. The schools would change according to that. We unfortunately got the teachers who were majority of them were not as connected with their work because. our parents got the good teachers so the in the time of the Brit- british who learned how you know they were more like you know new pakistan let's make pakistan yeah. better so we got a blur time where there were like these different political systems trying to take over and so systems such as educational systems are getting mucked up around and, and in the in the way and children like us or students like us were also getting played around but we thought it's our fault that we are not passing it's our you know making it a personal issue for ourselves <laughs> and as i said it's all about grades but this is the thing that i all like this is the thing that i want to convey to the youngsters that not yes. everyone is a doctor not everyone is an engineer mm-hmm. but you can be doing anything you can be doing anything and be successful and be happy So you know, like in Pakistan, you can visit either to be a doctor or an accountant or anything. But I think it's not. We all have got different strengths. You can you can be anything. I would say, like the most important thing that's also coming out is the fact that. uh asking questions is so important because that's how you learn and that's how anybody learns but then if new students when they come here and they're not told that all these people who are sitting around you who look like oh they know everything or the people who ask the questions too like they started by asking questions even though they sounded silly even though it sounded like general knowledge they still ask those questions so uh, could you uh, just give a message for the students in terms of how important it is to ask questions along with any other message you want to give 
Uh, I think, Salah, this is the strongest point that we have discussed so far. Asking questions is the main key to success. Like I have recently changed my employment and when my employer invited me for my interview, she says, I'm not going to interview you because mm -hmm. I know who you are because you always ask questions. And through those questions, I know how open-minded you are and I know what sort of thinker you are. So there is no harm in asking questions. Even today, like I would be asking questions with like, yeah, I ask questions for anything, you know, maybe driving, maybe getting more work, what can I learn, how, because there is, nobody is perfect. Mm -hmm. I still have got so much to learn. So I go to like my juniors and ask them questions, where did you get this from? Because they are young girls, you know, they have got that energy, they have got that networking, so I would ask them. So I think one thing is to ask questions. The other thing is to be, don't undervalue yourself. You all have so much in yourself. Just believe in yourself and please be transparent when you ask for help. Because it's different. I come to ask you for help, Saleha, and I don't give you the whole scenario. Then how are you going to help me? You know, like there, there is nothing to be shy about. Honestly, there is nothing to be shy about. We are all humans and I think if you are in Australia, you would have some some sort of ground to be here. It's not easy to come to Australia, I suppose, or in any part of the world. Like what I'm trying to say is that we all have our strengths. We only need to recognize them. Yes, and focus on the strengths, right? Focus on the strengths. We all have good days. We all have bad days. We all have miserable nights when you are self-doubting yourself, when someone says something and that's the end of the world. It's not. Come on, don't uh, don't wait for someone to come and hold your hand. I didn't wait for that. Mm -hmm. My husband came way later than I came. By the time he came to Australia, I had the plan done. <laughs> I had money to put for the deposit for the house. I had done so much because, and then we went further from that. We worked together, we went further, but don't wait for someone to hold your hand you're capable enough completely completely and that's leaving yourself be be the hand that can support someone else not be the hand who's asking for help from someone i think if we can get that in our heads we would just quickly shugifka tell us when you were a, a child or like a teenager what was that one thing you loved doing like when Maybe nobody knew, maybe listening to music with the room closed or something. Uh, Salah, I, I was always involved. So I always help, I always loved helping mom. Being okay. in the kitchen or, you know, mom's like stitching, anything to make her life easy. Because I, we have five siblings, I have the eldest one. Anything to make her life easy. And yeah, because I was a lazy child, I couldn't get, like my dad is really energetic, so I couldn't help him but I would do anything to help mom. Like, and in those days, like you couldn't have any, any personal sort of interest. <laughs> I was always interested in art. I used to do that as well, but if I would have time, I would be helping mom in the kitchen, washing dishes. You know, we have to make the, um, what the is for the For the roti. For the, for the roti, doing that sort of things for mom. <laughs> Okay, so I'm thinking you are a really good cook today. I'm thinking you make really good food. So I'm coming over to your place. <laughs> oh, it's a disadvantage. My husband doesn't want to eat outside now. <laughs>
<laughs> I used to do live TV shows in Pakistan for morning with Farooq TV, like for cooking segment. Okay. In good cooking, smoke good salad. Don't go that way. <laughs> Don't go that way. <laughs> I need to get some some cooking uh, uh, skills up because my my skills are really going down because my husband cooks mostly. So. We <laughs> come from the era when my husband, like my husband, oh, it's 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 a different show that we need to do. <laughs> Beautiful. It's been a lovely conversation with you today, Shugafta. I feel there is more to talk. I, I feel so. Another podcast. Yeah, time went so quick. Like, see, yeah. this happens when you're having a really good conversation and it's in flow. It you don't feel it. It's it's so good. And since we share so much in common, and you can relate to what I'm telling, although you're younger than me, it, yes. I feel like just opening my heart. <laughs> just to thank you shugupta for being here today for opening your heart for sharing your heartfelt stories and telling us in depth about what you've been through how you came over it and what you're doing today is tremendous it's so uh, it's such a point of gratitude that i want to thank you from my heart for being here and reaching out yourself and saying can you do a podcast with me that is amazing because we need more people like you in this world who want to make a difference and say that opportunity i want to go and pursue it so i i'm the same there's there's nothing to be like oh what will that person think everything and that's why we're here today and that's why i'm doing podcasting because i was like i'm going to do what i want to do i want to serve people and want to serve my purpose so here we are right oh. so just before i let you go shugupta i do a gratitude thing i've already thanked you and i'm very grateful to you from the bottom of my heart but i just do one token just to sum it up and what that that is i do these power thought cards i pull them out of a deck oh okay. They're beautiful cards, like as you can see, they got like these beautiful illustrations. I want to do a shuffle, and I have this intention where I'm like, can I have a message for Shukrta Alam today? What does she need to hear? If that message that comes out for you, it resonates for you, you can keep it here and you know hold it close to your heart. Oh, that sounds so beautiful. <laughs> And if it doesn't, you can say like, "What was that girl?" Oh. You know? <laughs> you can so we're gonna pull a card for you, just to make things a bit, you know, fun. Uh, I've experienced something like this. So I'm just gonna be shuffling for you and thinking of you, and thinking of what is the message that Shugupta Alam needs to hear today? What is that beautiful message that she has to hear today? So let's see. Okay, so the message that came out for you. Wow. So it's a double-sided card, so I'll read the first part first, okay? It says, "It is safe to look within." So these are like affirmations. It says, "Okay. It is safe to look within." Look at the illustration. Yeah. Isn't it beautiful? It's so powerful, Salaya. And the other side is a description, so I'll read it to you and just bear with me because it's a paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> As I move through the layers of other people's opinions and beliefs, I see within myself a magnificent being, wise and beautiful. I love what I see in me. Oh, thank you. I'll, I'll take a picture and send it to you. 